Welcome back to the Der Show. As I predicted yesterday, uh, Trump was not indicted today. Uh, District Attorney Bragg would never, ever allow him to have his prediction come true. As soon as I saw that Trump said, I'll be indicted on Tuesday, I knew Bragg would not indict him on Tuesday. May indict him tomorrow, but not on Tuesday. He won't give him that victory. Uh, that's just one little manifestation of the pettiness and politicization of this entire uh, uh, process. But I think he will be indicted. Uh, very likely, uh, he'll be indicted first, and that he doesn't have to be there for that. The lawyer just is notified. The press is notified. We get to read the indictment. We get to tell everybody how absurd it is and how they've made up uh, the entire crime. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, he doesn't have to appear. But then an arraignment is scheduled or a preliminary hearing. They call it different things in different states. But he then has to appear in person, um, probably get a mugshot, probably get fingerprinted, and the judge will set bail. There are some ridiculous, uh, ridiculous people among the hard left Democrats who are saying he has to be denied bail because otherwise, if he's allowed to be out on bail, he'll provoke a riot. Well, first of all, that's not a basis for denying somebody uh, a bail, number one. Uh, number two, it's much more likely there'd be a riot if he were put on Rikers Island than if he were allowed to go back to uh, his either New York apartment or his Florida uh, apartment. Um, my prediction again, and they've all turned out to be true, is he will be granted bail, probably not even monetary bail, considering the nature of the crimes, that he will be allowed to go back to his home in um, uh, Mar-a-Lago, and that he'll be allowed to campaign uh, subject to notifying the authorities. Uh, if the judge were to impose a restriction on his campaigning, that would raise fundamental constitutional questions. And I think that would be taken up to the United States Supreme Court uh, uh, pretty, pretty quickly. Um, he's not above the law, but he's not below the law. And so uh, the question is, how will he be treated? He'll be treated like most of my white collar clients have been treated. You walk into court, the uh, judge says, hello, you've been indicted. Uh, how do you plead? Not guilty. Um, and um, prosecutor, what do you think bail should be set at? Well, we think it should be $50,000. Uh, and defense, what do you think? No, it should be on his own recognizance. He's not going anywhere. He has the most recognizable face in the world. And uh, he's going to show up for trial. And the judge, unless he wants to make some political points, will say, I release you on your own recognizance. You can travel anywhere you want within the United States. You can campaign for office. You just have to notify the probation department and um, maybe impose some other uh, restrictions. But I, I doubt there'll even be any restrictions. And then um, a trial date will be set and it'll be set um, months uh, ahead. And uh, then there'll be a trial and uh, very possibly he'll be convicted because in New York, a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich and a petty jury might very well convict a ham sandwich if its name is Trump. Um, New York, I think, voted, what, between 85 and 90 percent uh, against Trump in um, the last election. And I think in the election before that and probably will if there's a coming election involving Trump and the likelihood of him being get being able to get a fair trial, uh, either in New York or the District of Columbia or any any deep blue city is uh, very slight. And um, 
you know, this case, as I've said before, and we'll say again on the show and continue to say, um, the basis for any prosecution is just non, non-existent. Let me just quickly go over that before we go to the main point in the show. So to get a conviction, the prosecution has to prove beyond reasonable doubt a number of things. Number one, that the payment of $130,000, which is entirely lawful and, and was designed to be kept secret, it was uh, part of a non-disclosure agreement, that Trump was obligated to enter in the records of the corporation the true nature of what he did. In other words, according to the prosecution's theory, he paid hush money, and then he should have said in his corporate records, $130,000 hush money paid to a porn star in order to keep his wife, his family, and everybody else from knowing that he had an adulterous affair. Has anybody in the history of the world ever made a record like that? Of course not. Uh, when you pay hush money, it's common, you disguise the hush money as a legal expense. And in some respects, it was a legal expense. I mean, he was settling a potential defamation case. His position is he didn't have an affair. Um, um, he shouldn't testify to that. He shouldn't testify at all. But that's his position. He's entitled to take that position. The government would have to prove the opposite. Maybe they will introduce Stormy Daniels. Maybe they won't. But his position is going to be, um, look, um, uh, it was it was uh, a settlement. And settlements, you don't have to describe the precise reason for the settlement. Uh, it's enough to say it was legally related, a legal expense. It was paying back Cohen for forwarding money. So they have to first prove to get a misdemeanor. To get a misdemeanor, they have to prove two things. Number one, they have to prove that he had a fraudulent purpose in lying about the reason for the payment. Number two, they have to prove that happened within two years of the indictment. Two years of the indictment. This happened seven years ago. How are they going to get around that? Well, here's what they're going to say. They're going to say Trump wasn't living in New York. And essentially, we couldn't find him. We couldn't arrest him. We didn't know where he was. Duh, he was in the White House on television every single day. You could have served him, extradited him, and arrested him. And certainly you could have indicted him. You don't need him to be in New York to indict him. He's going to be indicted when he's outside of New York. It's the most ridiculous argument ever under a statute of limitations. But the New York Court of Appeals has one decision in which they've said he has to be continuously living in New York. By the way, the same issue is now being raised in the Harvey Weinstein case, and that's maybe won't help Trump because the court won't want to rule in favor of uh, Harvey Weinstein, even though Weinstein has the better of that argument. Um, I was one of uh, Weinstein's advisors uh, in, in, the, in the ongoing litigation. So maybe you have to take my conclusions with a grain of salt, but not on Trump. I was Trump's lawyer under the Constitution in impeachment, but I am not his lawyer now, and I'm free to say what I think the actual reality is, uh, even though he's a past uh, client. So I don't think they get over the first hump, the misdemeanor hump. I don't even think they can prove it's a misdemeanor. I don't think they can prove it was uh, the kind of fraud that has ever resulted in prosecution before, and I don't think they can get over the statute of limitations. Even if they get over that, it's only a misdemeanor and they want to raise it to a felony. To raise it to a felony, you have to prove that his purpose, that in his mind, the reason 
he paid the $130,000 was not to avoid embarrassment to his wife, not to avoid embarrassment to his children, not to, to avoid any problems with his business, but only to get him elected uh, president. Mixed motives won't make it. You have to show that his purpose, his intention was to make a campaign contribution. They're not going to be able to prove that because it isn't true. It isn't true. And there's a five-year statute of limitations on that. And that happened more than five years ago. So I have never seen a weaker case. Now, weak cases sometimes win. Mike Tyson's case was an extraordinarily weak case, and it won. Uh, it was affirmed on appeal two to two, not a stirring victory. And it was two to two because the judge who would have voted in favor of our side, I was his appellate lawyer, uh, and made it three to two in his favor, um, uh, wanted to hide the fact that uh, he had his own sexual problems, which he didn't want to have come forward. So in a phony way, he recused himself. Uh, his wife arranged for uh, her to come up to me at a Yale Law School reunion and say to me without me saying a word in response, oh, you know that uh, that's not the way they do it in, in Indiana. You're a New York lawyer. I was a New York lawyer. And I said to her, who are you? She said, I'm the chief justice's wife. I said, please stop talking to me. I don't want to have him recused. And so he was recused. And the case was two to two. That was a pretty, pretty sleazy case. But this one is worse. This one is, this is not Al Capone. Al Capone really did commit income tax violation. Yeah, he also committed murders for which he couldn't be prosecuted. By the way, I said yesterday he died in prison. He didn't die in prison. He died of syphilis after getting out of uh, prison. So I apologize for that misstatement of fact. Um, but they're not going to be able to prove this. That doesn't mean they won't get a conviction. They don't get a conviction, possibly. I've seen convictions based on uh, phony legal theories and phony evidentiary uh, arguments, but uh, they don't deserve one, and it will probably be reversed on appeal, although you never know. Remember, in New York, judges are elected. Uh, how many judges are going to want to say, in New York, we're responsible for Trump being the next president uh, because we didn't reverse his a conviction, which leads me to what the theme of this show is. Will this indictment help him become the next president of the United States? I can just imagine the following scenario. He gets indicted tomorrow. He arranged to be arrested on Monday or Tuesday next week. He comes up to New York, the Secret Services with him because they have to be uh, under law and federal law, Trump state law. So uh, state law can't prohibit the Secret Service from protecting him under statutes and regulations of the Secret Service. So uh, the Secret Service is around and they're not going to put him in jail, uh, even though those crazies on the hard left say they want to put him in jail. They want to put him on Rikers Island. They're not going to. And um, and so the next thing that happens, he gets fingerprinted um, and then he has a mugshot. Now, that mugshot, that mugshot is going to be his campaign poster. The government is giving him his campaign poster. You know, it's a little bit like, as you know, I wrote a book called Get Trump, which I hope you'll all buy. Where did I get the title? I'm not that creative. I didn't get the title of Get Trump and just invented out of whole cloth. It was Letitia James, the attorney general of New York. It was her campaign slogan. 
if you elect me, I will get Trump. So that was the campaign slogan. He, she will get Trump. She promised to get Trump. And now she's turned that over to the district attorney, who also uh, received lots and lots of money from people whose goal was to get Trump, and he will benefit um, from politically from 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 getting Trump. But so here's this picture of Donald Trump with a name under it and perhaps a number, uh, a mugshot. That's his campaign poster. And if you can get pictures of the fingerprints, he's going to put that on his campaign uh, posters. And that's going to be his his slogan. They've tried to get Trump. Uh, and I'm not going to let them get Trump. Uh, I'm running for you because today it's Trump. Tomorrow it's a Democrat. And the day after tomorrow, it's your Uncle Charlie, your nephew or your niece. Um, that's going to be his campaign. And that's why a lot of Democrats today, a lot of Democrats are very upset at District Attorney Bragg. They think he's going to help Trump, that he's going to get support from his base. And I have to tell you, I was on a radio show the other day with a moderate Republican who voted for Trump twice and wanted to vote for DeSantis, who said, I prefer DeSantis over Trump. But he said, a lot of my friends are going to vote for Trump if they see that as the only way of telling Democratic district attorneys, no, you can't do this. You can't weaponize the criminal justice system. You can't create this kind of partisan injustice. Uh, no, uh, we're going to vote for Trump as a protest. That's very possible. I think it's very possible that Trump gets a benefit from this. Now, look, today, a Costello, great lawyer, who was um, a legal advisor to Cohen uh, yesterday. I think he testified in front of the grand jury, and today he revealed what his testimony was. By the way, it's a myth that grand jury testimony is secret. It's only secret. The government can't reveal it, but the witness can reveal it. So he revealed it and said what he, what he said, which he was entitled to do, and he demolished Cohen. I think he gave a gift to the prosecution because I think he made it impossible for the prosecution to use Cohen. And if the prosecution ever wanted to use Cohen, that would have been a kiss of death. Uh, the defense would have had a ball destroying him and uh, making the jury essentially find him guilty instead of Trump. So uh, I don't think that a smart prosecutor would use Cohen as a witness. He will use uh, the head of the National Enquirer, Pecker. He would use Reason, whatever his name is, the guy who was his um, uh, head of his you know, financial whatever. And, uh, you know, whether the prosecution uses Stammy, uh, Stormy Daniels, I don't know. That's a hard question. I, I'm not going to give advice as to as to what to do. Um, I think it's risky. Uh, on the other hand, I think the jury will believe they had an affair and he, she doesn't have any testimony that's relevant on the issues of the case, namely, did he handle the reporting properly? Was he making a campaign contribution? She can't testify about that. So probably they will use Stormy Daniels. That might tempt the defense, the Trump legal team, to in court do what it's already done out of court, namely deny that there was an affair. That would be a kiss of death for the defense. 
the jury will believe there was an affair, whether there was or not. I don't know. I wasn't there. But the jury will believe it because it has a certain amount of credibility. Um, and, and obviously, Trump's not going to testify because if he would testify, he'd be asked about every single impropriety that the government has a basis for asking him about. And he would be tempted to try to cover over those things. And that would be a disaster from a defense point of view. So I am 100 percent positive that Trump will not testify uh, if he has any kind of a competent lawyer. And he seems to have a very good uh, uh, lawyer. But his lawyer should not deny that he had an affair. You don't have to admit it. You don't have to deny it. What you say is it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. She said they had an affair. She said she would publicize it. She wanted to extort him. And it is extortion. If somebody says, I'm going to publicly accuse you of having an affair with me unless you pay me $100,000, that's a classic case of extortion. Now, he submitted to the extortion. He paid $130,000. There's no dispute about that. There's a check. Um, and, um, and then it was paid back. Uh, Trump paid it back to, to Cohen. So there's no, no dispute about that. Um, the, 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 uh, it would be a terrible mistake for the defense to try to deny that and to, to put their own credibility at risk by denying something that the jury will believe. Juries don't like to be lied to. And we won the O.J. Simpson case, not because the jurors thought necessarily that he didn't do it, but because we put on only scientists and the scientists had credibility. They were believed. Barry Sheck was believed with his DNA evidence and the prosecution put on lying witnesses, cops, racists. Um, and we didn't win the O.J. Simpson case. They lost it. And you lose your case when you lose your credibility. So. I think this is going to be, in the end, a less exciting trial than many people think, because I don't think Cohen's going to testify. Trump's not going to testify. It's not going to be a clash of whether or not there was uh, a sordid affair. Maybe Stormy Daniels will testify, but if so, it'll be a very brief testimony because there's not much relevant. Uh, the only relevant is, did they have an affair? And um, if he disputes it, they have the right to prove it. But uh, if I'm the defense attorney, I try to strike that on the ground that it's not really relevant and it's not legally, legally relevant. So just getting back to the main theme of uh, today's discussion, this may well backfire on on Democrats. We'll never know for sure. Um, polls don't indicate specifically necessarily what issues affected an election and, you know, even if he loses for re-election, maybe it helped him. And even if he wins, maybe it didn't help him. We're never going to know the answer to that question. But I think there's high likelihood that at least in the short term, he will be helped more than hurt by the fact that he was indicted and arrested for a non-crime, for a made-up, uh, convoluted crime in which the prosecution had to distort the law, stretch the law. Uh, again, let me remind you that Thomas Jefferson once famously said, for a criminal statute to be constitutional, it has to be so clear, so clear, that a reasonable person can understand it if he reads it while running, while running. That's a beautiful image. Now, I'm sitting 
and I've been teaching for 60 years this kind of stuff, I don't understand the theory of the prosecution. And I don't understand it not because I'm dumb. I don't understand it because it's not understandable. It is the worst abuse of prosecutorial discretion that I've seen since the days of the civil rights movement. When I went down south and was trained to be a civil rights observer and was instructed by the people who were training me, do not spit on the sidewalk. Do not put out a cigarette on the sidewalk. Do not drive a car down there because you're being targeted. The segregationist police, sheriffs, prosecutors are looking to get you for anything they can get you on. So don't give them anything to get you on. And that's what's going on here. And it's so ironic to me that uh, District Attorney Bragg would follow the precedent of the segregationist prosecutors and sheriffs and police during the civil rights movement. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. It was wrong during McCarthyism when they targeted people who had been uh, too far left in their view. And it endangers, it endangers the rule of law. And so part of me says it wouldn't be surprising if this backfired because Americans are decent people and they understand uh, a distortion of the law when they see it. You know, it's the old Potter Stewart uh, a quote about hardcore pornography. He may not be able to define it, he said, but I know it when I see it. And I know an injustice and an abuse of prosecutorial discretion when I see it. And this is it. And so let's turn to some questions, a lot of them on the same subject, because they grew out of yesterday's uh, conversation about Trump. And sorry to monopolize the show on Trump, but He's in the public view. He's in every newspaper. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that Donald Trump was the invention of the media, particularly CNN uh, and the New York Times, because every story is uh, about him. Today, there's a, an article, an op-ed on the New York Times, making the case for why this is a just and righteous prosecution. I have never seen anything so one-sided in, in my life. Um, never makes any of the arguments that I've made, but just says, well, it's okay. It's, you know, Nobody's above the law. Uh, if he did it, he should be prosecuted. Would they make the same argument about the guy who spit on the sidewalk? He did it. He put a cigarette out on the sidewalk. He, he did damage government property. If you do the time, if you do the crime, you got to do the time. No, nobody would ever make that argument. And, and reasonable people should not be making the argument that this is a righteous or legitimate prosecution. It is not. Okay. From Andrew. Awesome content. Thanks for calling this weak effort by Bragg a type of banana republic activity, which any honest person would admit is devoid of intellectual honesty. Uh, yes, where are the liberals? And where are the civil libertarians? Continue to be the loudest person in America in defense of civil liberties. Look, I grew up in a household where everybody had to outshout each other, so I'm loud. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I'm proud to be the voice of civil liberties, and I will remain a civil libertarian if I'm standing alone. Uh, I hope there are those who, who join me, including Democrats like me, who are willing to see an injustice and call it out, even if it hurts their own party and helps the opposing party. Okay. If Trump is indicted, it will be his ticket ticket to a successful run for POTUS. Well, that's what we've been saying 
Um, uh, here's another one. Thanks. I will read your book like I read all your other books. Thank you, Aunt Shirley. No, no, I don't know this person, uh, but I really appreciate your support for my book. I worked very hard on it, and I work hard on all my books. I love writing. I'm up to number, I'm working on number 53 now. Okay. How are rogue prosecutors allowed to bring nonsense charges in front of the judge? My guess, the judges are also compromised. Now, I don't think they're compromised. I think they're just elected. And when you're elected, you put your finger up to the wind and you see, do you want to get re-elected? Re so, um, you know, there is, there is the concern about elected judges. We're the only country in the, among Western democracies that elect judges and elect prosecutors. And I don't think it's a good idea. Very interesting and inspiring. Civil liberty debates are healthy for the purpose of thought and eliminating bias. Civility wins lots more. Thank you, Professor Alan Dershowitz. By the way, most of these letters come from YouTube. But today, even the Rumble letters um, were, but these are, I think, a lot of them Democrats, a lot of them centrists. Um, not surprising that the people on Rumble would share some of those points of view. Uh, love your channel and education. It's refreshing to hear some common sense. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. On, 40, on page 46 of your book, thank you for reading it so carefully, you asked for other like-minded civil libertarians to join me in defending lawyers targeted for defending Trump. Is there anything non-lawyers or retired ones can do? What is it? I want to do something short of violence. I agree with you. You have a constitutional right to petition your government for a redress of grievances. Um, you can write letters. Uh, you can buy my book. That's a form of protest, self-serving, to be sure. I have to admit that. But um, and, and you can make it clear that you're not going to vote for prosecutors who will politicize and weaponize the criminal justice system. As former Justice Robert Jackson once said, these precedents lie around like loaded weapons, ready to be used by any tyrant against any citizen. Okay. Um, Cohn said under oath that hush money payments was to prevent embarrassment of his family. If a jury convicts Trump, a pardon from Biden would probably benefit Biden. Problem is he can't do it. Uh, Biden is the president of the United States. He has the authority to pardon any federal person, any person convicted of a federal crime or threatened with conviction of a federal crime but he has no authority to pardon a state uh, prisoner. If Trump were to be charged with a campaign violation under federal law, uh, Biden could pardon him, but he can't pardon him for a state, for a state offense. Um, professor, can you please speak to how the Secret Service would be able to continue performing their duties to directly protect former President Trump if he were to be booked and even incarcerated in New York? Might U.S. code even require the Secret Service to disallow such events on the ground that it would inhibit them from performing their sworn duties? It's a very good question. I don't think it will arise. I think that the courts uh, will allow the Secret Service to accompany Trump wherever he has to go, unless he has to go to prison. I don't think he's going to get sentenced to prison. I don't think bail's going to be denied. If it were, I think federal law trumps. Uh, sorry for the. Uh, mixed message, but uh, a Trump state law. And so the federal law requiring the protection of the president by the Secret Service would uh, would prevail 
over state regulations or state law. Professor Dershowitz, can the state of Florida refuse to extradite Trump to New York and revoke any related interstate compert provisions based on malicious prosecution of the citizens of New York? It's a hard question. Um, uh, governor Cuomo, the original Governor Cuomo, Mario Cuomo, my old friend who I loved, um, said that he would refuse to extradite to a capital punishment state an African-American who had been sentenced to death, I think, or faced the death sentence, but he said he would not extradite. And that case never got to the courts. So it's not completely clear what power a governor has, um, but, um, but it's Governor DeSantis. And uh, he would maybe assert that power. He'd have mixed, mixed mind. Obviously, he's running against Trump. On the other hand, he's a loyal Republican. And he's made some pretty critical statements about this prosecution. So um, I suspect his inclination would be probably not to extradite, but I don't think he can get away with it. I think he would have to extradite. I don't think it's going to come up because I think Trump will willingly appear and take that mugshot and uh, use it as a campaign poster. Will Cohn testify if he does? Can Trump's lawyers question Cohn about his motive to get Trump, of course, and that's why he won't testify. His history of getting Trump by confessing to fake campaign violations, um, et cetera, et cetera. Remember, too, that the prosecution essentially wrote his allocution in which he said that the person who put him up to it was number one, witness number one, by which he meant Donald Trump. That's hearsay, and that can't be used in a trial against uh, Trump. Professor Dershowitz, I often disagree with you. However, I always appreciate hearing your views. We greatly appreciate your thoughts on the distinction between the freedom to teach, academic freedom, versus freedom of speech, which I think captures the issue with Professor Wax. By the way, Glenn Greenwald had an excellent segment on this last night. Let, lastly, comments, please, on Twittergate regarding government interference. Lots of questions, and I'll probably devote another show uh, to that. These are very, very hard questions, and uh, academic freedom applies not only to the teacher, but to the student's right to hear views. And um, I think, I, though I disagree with Amy Wax's views in many respects, I think she has the right to express them and students who want to take our course have the right to hear them. The harder question would be, what if she demanded the right to teach a compulsory course where there'd be a captive audience? Uh, that's an interesting question that the courts have not sufficiently dealt with. And I will someday. So, uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Please get my book, Amazon.com. You just have to press one button, relatively inexpensive, and it will really send a message, I think, to District Attorney Bragg and others that Get Trump may be a good title for a book. It is not a good basis for criminal prosecution. See you tomorrow.